with us will be in the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 19. 1 Kings, chapter number 19. And uh, we'll look at some verses here. 1 Kings, chapter number 19. I won't keep you very long, I don't think. I don't feel like I have a great deal on my heart, but I felt the Lord uh, stirring us and directing us this way, and I'm confident that I've never preached this this way before, and I really don't know what all I'll say. I really feel like I only have about two things on my heart that I really feel like I need to say or deal with tonight, but I want to be a help and a blessing to you if the Lord will help us to be so, and in doing so to bring honor and glory to His name. First Kings chapter 19, when you found your place, if you're able and will to do so, we'll stand together out of reverence and honor to the reading of the Word of God. First Kings 19, now we all know, uh, for the most part, I'm satisfied the context of what's going on here, and we'll not take time to read the entire chapter, but we know that in First Kings chapter number uh, 17 is where Elijah is called of God, uh, to um, go to Ahab and give the message about the the heavens being stopped up. And then he goes to the brook and he is fed by the ravens and then at the widow's house. And then of course in chapter 18 is this famous contest on Mount Carmel with the prophets of Baal and the prophets of the grove. And the Lord answering by fire and the Lord speaking through Elijah that he'll send rain again, and the rain comes. And then, in chapter 19, we find out that Jezebel, Ahab's wife, finds out what Elijah had done to the prophets, and uh, she seeks for his life. Elijah runs and hides in the cave, and the Lord comes by and speaks to him and lets him know that not only is he not alone, and not only is God not finished with him yet, But there's still a purpose and God still has a people. And he talks about these to anoint and about the fact that he has 7,000 left who have not bowed unto Baal and not kissed his image and that he is to anoint Elisha to be prophet in his room. So we'll pick up in verse number 19 of chapter 19. After the Lord has spoken to Elijah and gave him directions on what to do next, the Bible said, So he departed thence, and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelve. And Elijah passed by him, and cast his mantle upon him, and he left the oxen, and ran after Elijah, and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, And then I will follow thee. He said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done unto thee? He returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. Father, I thank you, Lord, tonight for the portion of Scripture that you've directed our heart to. I thank you, Lord, for 
the thoughts that you've laid on our heart and the wisdom, Lord, that you put in us to understand some truths of the Word of God. And I pray now, Lord, for help as I endeavor to preach to this people. Lord, I know that within myself I can't do anything and I need your help tonight. And I pray, dear Lord, now for that heavenly wisdom and spiritual understanding that we might rightly divide the word of truth. Give us wisdom now, Lord, to be able to give to your people that that you've given to me. Would you take the word of God? May it go forth in power and demonstration of the Spirit of God. May it find its lodging in the hearts of the people. Lord, may we leave better than we come. May we receive strength and help from the Word of God and from the work that you'll do within us this hour. And Lord, above everything, would you get honor and glory to yourself. And we'll thank you and praise you for all you do. For we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Now, we've already covered a little bit of the context of what's going on here about how that Elijah has received instruction from the Lord to get up and to anoint. The the Bible gives us a list uh, beginning in verse number 15 of chapter 19. He tells him to anoint Haziel to be king over Syria, Jehu to be king over Israel, and Elisha to be prophet in his room or in his place. And the fact that in verse number 18, the Lord reminds Elijah again that he is not alone. That is, Elijah's whole feeling is that he is alone. That he is the only one who has faithfully served the Lord all of these days. And now, even after all the things that have happened on Mount Carmel after the miracle, not only of the fire, but also of the rain coming again after three and a half years, now Elijah finds himself running for his life. And of course, you and I, we were in the same place, in the same circumstances, but no doubt we would probably be in the same mindset that Elijah finds himself in. I think this is part of the scripture and part of the details of the record of this man of God that James references when he said that Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. I think what James is saying and what this scripture is to let us in on is that he had the same doubts, the same fears, the same frustrations that you and I have, but that prayer, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man does still work in these days. And so here in the scripture, the Lord gives Elijah the words and what he is to do. And so Elijah gets up. And I'm not so interested tonight in Elijah or preaching about Elijah, but I'm interested tonight in Elisha. How that the Bible said that Elijah gets up and all of the things that the Lord asks of him, he goes to Elisha 
first and he casts his mantle on him and he keeps on walking. Elisha here will give some details that he's plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. He leaves them in the field. The moment that the man of God puts his mantle on him, he leaves all he's doing and he goes running after the man of God and asks him to let him go back, kiss his father and his mother and that he will follow him. And of course that record of the conversation, Elijah says, what have I done to you? What have I said to you? And so Elisha turns back and he not only goes back and says goodbye to his father and his mother, but he takes one of those yoke of oxen and he kills them. He takes the instruments and burns them and boils the oxen, feeds the people, and then he arose and here's what the Bible said, and this is where my heart is tonight, and I've never I preached from this in this manner before, but I really feel led of God to do so. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. Now here in the scriptures when we think about Elisha, the majority of the time what we think about is that faithful day that's going to come in 2 Kings chapter 2 where Elijah is going to be taken up into heaven by a whirlwind and the man of Elijah is going to be left for Elisha and he's going to pick it up and he's going to receive a double portion of the spirit of Elijah and do twice as many miracles as Elijah did in his lifetime and one after his death. That's what we focus on. That's what we think about. But there's very little focus on the time that is spent from this day when he was called by God through the work of Elijah to follow Elijah until that day in 2 Kings chapter 2 when he receives that double portion and that empowerment, that public ministry. Really, if it is to be said, Elisha received his public ministry in 2 Kings chapter 2 but he received a private ministry in 1 Kings chapter 19. You and I, if we're not careful, and I say I have been guilty until the Lord began to deal with my heart today about this scripture. I am guilty of reading 1 Kings 19 and then just thinking it's just a few turns of a page until we get to 2 Kings chapter 2. And so it's almost like one step to the next that Elisha is called and then Elisha is empowered and receives this double portion receives this as we studied in the Sunday school this abundant life this glorious way and we think it's just the flip of a page but in reality now most scholars say and I'm no scholar they say it's at least six years between 1 Kings 19 and 2 Kings chapter 2 I don't really know where they get their six years but biblically I can come up with at least five years there's three years of rest in the land where there is no war and then there come 
wins the war and then one king dies and another takes power and he serves two years and he dies before Elijah is ever called out. So there's at least five years between him receiving this call in 1 Kings 19 and receiving the empowerment in 2 Kings chapter 2 and it was not idle time. It was not wasted time. It's time we're not told a lot about but it is time that took place to prepare Elisha for 2 Kings chapter 2. And the Lord began to deal with my heart. Matter of fact, this morning, and I, I want to preach tonight, if God will help me for just a few minutes, on serving in the shadows. And that's what the Lord spoke to my heart. I mean, as real as if you had spoken it to me, he spoke to my heart and said to preach on serving in the shadows. Now, one writer said this, our Christian experience is not defined by how many mountaintops that we find ourselves on, but it is defined by what we do with the valleys that come between the mountaintops. Now, I believe that's right. We all want to live on the mountaintops. We all want our carnal experiences. We all want the calling away and the receiving of the mantle. But what about the valleys in between? That's what tests our faithfulness. That's what tests our determination. That's what tests our resolve and our character. And it's in those dark moments as the preacher preached this morning when we're in the shadows, when nobody else sees when nobody else is looking on but us and God it is then that our true service is put to the test about whether or not you and I will serve in the shadows if we're not willing to serve in the shadows then there'll never be a place for us in the spotlight I believe that's right and I understand when I say spotlight, it's not about us and it's not about what we can do. But you understand that it seems to me like Elisha is taken from the shadows and put in the spotlight. But it's because of his faithfulness in the time of the shadows. The Bible said that he ministered unto Elijah. In 2 Kings chapter 3, now we're already past we're already past to the impairment. Elijah has already gone. Elisha has already received the double portion. He's already parted the Jordan. He's already cured the water. He's already done miraculous things. And there's a war going on. And one the kings wants to know if there ain't a prophet of God. And the answer is there is. And his name is Elisha who poured water on Elijah's hands. That is what he was characterized by. Is that there is a prophet here and his name is Elisha and he's the minister of Elijah. It was not that he was some great big man. It was not about his manly experience. It was not the man that parted the Jordan. It was not the man that cured the water. It was not the man that made the axe head flow. It was not the man that did all that. But it was the man who was faithful in his ministry unto Elijah. He was characterized by his faithfulness in the shadows. And so I wonder about us tonight. I mean, everybody wants to be seen. 
And I'm not being, I'm not speaking about proudly or arrogantly and there is an element of the flesh. I understand all that. But we want to be recognized. We want to be noticed. We want our life to count for God. We want to make a difference. And there's nothing wrong with wanting all that. But it'll be up to our faithfulness in the shadows and our service in the times that nobody else sees when we're faithful or when nobody else is watching. That's what will determine our faithfulness and our work and our usefulness when we come out of the shadows and into the light. Service in the shadows. You say, what did Elisha do for five years or more? Well, he was faithful. Apparently everywhere Elijah went, Elisha went. And he was faithful. Not only was he faithful, but he followed. He didn't get ahead of Elijah. He just went where Elijah said it was time to go. And I'm going to tell you, if we're, you say, what am I supposed to do? In my time of shadows, you're to be faithful. And you're to follow. Wherever God says to go, not to get ahead of it. Not to try to step out of the shadows one moment too soon. But you're to do what God says to do and go where God says to go. And not to worry and wonder about everybody else. Not for one moment at least it appears in the Scriptures. Not for one moment did Elisha wonder who was looking on. Not for one moment did Elisha wonder what everybody else was thinking. But all Elisha was caught up in was being faithful to the one that called him into the service and that's what you and I ought to be called up in not about what everybody else wants but about being faithful to the God that called us into his service that's what Paul told Timothy that a good soldier a good soldier pleases the one that's chosen him to be a captain. A good soldier entangleth not himself in the affairs of this life. He don't get caught up in what's going on or what everybody else is doing or what everybody else thinks. He's just caught up in the one that put him in the service and to be well pleasing in his sight. And so he followed and he was faithful. And he fulfilled his responsibility. Now you and I may say, well, that's not much of a responsibility. Just to, and that is how he was characterized, that he poured water. 2 Kings chapter 3 and verse 11, I think is where you'll find that he poured water on Elijah's hands. He was his, and here in the text, 1 Kings 19, it says that he was his minister. He ministered unto him. That word minister is not, and we have come to the place in our day where we think, when we think about a minister, we think about a man of God or a preacher. But the word minister literally means to be a servant of men. And that's what Elijah, Elisha was doing. He was the servant of Elijah. What Elijah needed, Elisha did it. Where Elijah needed to go, that's what Elisha did. And he cared for the man of God. He cared for the people of God. And he was faithful as a minister in the shadows. I wonder tonight, and I know and understand that I've said before, it's not our ministry, it's the Lord's, and I understand all that, that's accurate. But I do believe that God has a place for all of us. And I wonder tonight if your ministry, if your place is to be a minister or a servant in the shadows, will you be faithful in your service? Will you follow God in your service? Will you fulfill the role or the responsibility of a minister? What? 
her. That means of you to be a servant or to be subject or to follow God, to follow after the things of God, to serve your brothers and your sisters or to serve the church, to serve the pastor. Will you be faithful in your service that nobody else is seeing your service in the shadows? If you'll be faithful there, then God will make sure that there comes a day that you'll be brought out of the shadows and into the light. And if you can be faithful in the shadows, there'll be no trouble in the light. Elisha was faithful at least five years. He just followed the man of God. He was just faithful to the man of God. Everywhere Elijah went, Elisha went. Everything Elijah needed, Elisha did. And the reality is that even in his time, he had already received the call of God. He had already received the anointing of God. And Elisha was no less a prophet in the shadows than he was in the spotlight. In the eyes of God, Elisha was no less a servant in the shadow than he was when he was out in the open in front of everybody else. Elisha was no less a prophet pouring water on Elijah's hands than he was when he took the mantle and parted the Jordan and crossed on dry ground. But I believe in reading the Scriptures and the way the Lord has dealt with my heart that His faithfulness in the shadows determined the type of man that He would be when the shadows vanished and the light came on. And I believe that one of the greatest troubles that we have in our church world today is everybody wants to be in the spotlight and nobody wants to serve in the shadows. But I'm telling you, if you are not willing to be faithful in the shadows, your time in the spotlight will never count. But I believe that God's men and God's women are born in shadow experiences, in the valley experiences, and the mountaintop experiences will hinge on what we do with that valleys in between. And so will you be faithful to serve in the shadows? It's what I would call the behind the scenes work. And it's really not behind the scenes for God sees all. But men may not see the church, may not see the pastor, may not see your family, may not see, but God is looking and God is keeping record. And so I want to know tonight, will you be faithful in your behind the scenes, in your shadow service as a minister, as a laborer in the family of God? But then I want to say, and I really felt pretty heavy in my heart, and the Lord really, I just had two things. And I felt like I need to preach tonight and I'm about done. I'm already halfway done. Will you be faithful tonight in your shadow service, service in the shadows as a minister? But then the Lord got to deal my heart to preach to you mothers. Will you be faithful in your service in the shadows as a mother? See, there's a lot of motherhood work that goes unnoticed or goes overlooked. And here's the things I got to 
thanking the Lord got to be in my heart about a minister and he put some things on my heart being faithful of being willing to follow fulfilling your responsibilities I believe those are all things that it will take for a minister to be faithful in his service or her service in the shadows but then the Lord switched gears and got to dealing pretty strong in my heart about the mothers and I want to ask you tonight when everybody else is overlooking and everything else is going unnoticed and your work and your labor as a mother the majority of the time is service that's done in the shadows the Lord got to my heart and he brought the, the word to my heart come will you be faithful to come to the house of God now the reason I feel like the Lord put that on my heart is sometimes that's all you feel like you do is just come you don't get anything out of the service you don't hear half of what the preacher has to say you're constantly attending to the children, trying to get them to be quiet, trying to get them to sit still, trying to get them to pay attention and listen, trying to get the little ones fed, trying to take them out of the bathroom, trying to tend to this need and tend to that need. And very often, all you feel like you're doing is just coming and nothing else. I want to tell you, the Lord will bless you if you'll be faithful to come to the house of God. There may be services and I've got four daughters and I've heard my wife say more than once I didn't get anything out of the service. I didn't hear anything about what you said. I didn't hear anything the preacher said. I didn't get anything out of the service. And it's because of the role and the responsibility it's work that's done behind the shadows. And I want to take time out right there and say you fathers, myself included, ought to understand and recognize the great sacrifice that goes to being a mother in the house of God we get to sit back I've been in camp meetings and watched it myself that I could pay attention while my wife tried to get the kids to be quiet and behave and I got the service and she didn't get anything I'm telling you God has a special place and a special reward and recognition for mothers who will be faithful in the shadows just to come to the house of God there'll be days mamas you listen to me there'll be days you'll get in the car and wonder why you even come there'll be days you ride down the road and try to tell your husband and I'm going to say there'll be days that it doesn't click with him and he doesn't get it but don't be upset with him it's just part of it but then husbands we better take recognition of what the wives are doing and the mothers are doing and being faithful just to come to the house of God have you ever been somewhere and had distractions and Felt like you'd have been better off at home. That's the way they feel the majority, I would say, the majority of the time with young children, that's the way mothers feel. Like they might have been better off at home. And then they get embarrassed when the kids holler out and say, I understand there's a time for discipline and a time for correction. And that's part of what God put on my heart. Of being faithful to discipline and correct your children. There's a room back there and a room up here if you need to go. And I'm not being mean. I'm just preaching right. If you need to go and shut the door and wear them out and get them to understand and to pay attention and be respectful, by all means you 
music. But I also understand that they won't be quiet all the time. You can't control the hollering all the time and the crying all the time. And if I can't preach over a kid hollering in the service, I probably need to sit down. Don't be discouraged. Don't be down and out. Just be faithful in your shadow service as a mother to come and have your children in the house of God. I believe that's right. I believe that's right. And I believe us fathers, we ought to understand. And I've been guilty to my shame. I've been guilty of getting in the car before and complaining about how my children behaved in the house of God. And I understand. I already said there's a time to spank them. I understand that. That's biblical. And they can think what they want to in these days. It is biblical. It's part of a training, part of the correction. And if we don't correct our children, the Bible said we hate them. And so there's a part, a correction. There's a part of being a parent. It's not something we should enjoy. If you get pleasure out of correcting your children, something's wrong somewhere. It's not something we do for enjoyment, but it's something we do for their betterment. I want you husbands and fathers to listen to me. There have been times I've got in the car and complained about the way my children acted in the house of God not knowing or not seeing that my wife was doing the best she could. Now I'm going to tell you something. Some days you do the best you can. And I'm with about 78 kids about every day of the week. And I understand sometimes you do the best you can. And the best you can, you can't keep them still. And the best you can, you can't keep them quiet. And the best you can, you can't make them pay attention. But I'm going to tell you, mamas, and try to encourage you, do the best you can. Come to the house of God. Correct your children when they need it. Do your service in the shadows. And God will reward you. And it will pay off in the end. And shame on us. If there's a true problem and a true situation, there should be some discussion. But shame on us fathers for getting in the car and complaining after we got to enjoy the service and them doing the best they can to keep the kids in line. We ought to praise God and pray for them that they'll get what they need in the house of God. It's shadow work that very few people see. Very few people. I'm going to be open and very honest tonight. Very few preachers that preach in the pulpit realize the great work that's being done for parent, for mamas to keep their kids in line and keep them paying attention and keep them quiet the best they can in the house of God. Very few preachers pay much attention to that service. And the sad statement goes farther than that. Very few fathers pay much attention to it. We just get in the car and take it for granted that it just happened that way. But we better pray for our wives and pray for the mothers of our children and ask God to help them and give them grace and tell them not to give up that they're doing a good job even if the kids weren't quiet. Tell them they did a good job and maybe it'll be better the next service. Our wives ought to be able to confide in us. And when our wives say, I don't know why we went, we ought to be man enough and godly enough to remind them that it'll pay off in the end. I believe that's right. I believe that's right. And so there ought to be some mothers that God help us 
Help you to be faithful in your service in the shadows. To come to the house of God. To correct the children when they need to be corrected. And then the Lord put on my heart to care for the home. That's an overlooked thing. That service in the shadows many times that nobody sees. But I want to promise you and encourage you to know that there's a God in heaven who's watching and He's seeing your labor. Paul reminded the church that God's not uh, slack to forget their labor of love. And I believe raising children and keeping the home is a labor of love. And God's not slack to forget it. And God not going to overlook it when the husband overlooks it and daddy overlooks it and the church overlooks it and your family overlooks it. I'm glad to tell you there's a God in heaven who's watching your service in the shadows and He will reward you openly for your service in the shadows. Ain't that the language that the Lord spoke about when He spoke about praying? To enter into your closet and your Father which seeth in secret and heareth in secret shall reward thee openly. And I believe it goes hand in hand with this shadow service. Everybody may not see. Everybody may not be bragging on you. You may not get a pat on the back every day or every week or even every month. But there's a God in heaven who's seeing what you're doing and your faithfulness in the shadows. And He'll reward you in due time. I imagine that in them five years of time and however longer it was, but in those at least five years of time, I imagine there were days that Elisha probably wondered if what he started off on all them years ago was ever going to make a difference. Oh, he loved Elijah and he loved the man of God and he loved the things of God. But you can imagine five years of service in the shadows feeling like nobody. It's not about recognition and it's not about glory for ourselves, but sometimes it's good to feel like our service is making a difference, making an impact on somebody. But when it's done in the shadows, you feel like nobody ever sees, nobody ever takes a notice. It's not helping anybody and you wonder whether or not it's worth it. No doubt there were days as... Elijah's minister that he wondered if this shadow service would ever be worth it. But then that day came when the mantle fell. And Elisha saw firsthand that Elijah's God could be his God and would be as faithful to him as he was to Elijah. And you may be here tonight, whether as a minister, as a mother, whatever the role your service you feel like it's in the shadows and nobody may not see and nobody may not take notice and nobody may recognize it. And you may wonder if it's worth it. You may wonder if it's doing any good. You may wonder if it's making an impact. But I want to tell you tonight, there's a God in heaven. If nobody else ever sees, if nobody else ever notices, there's a God in heaven. He's taking notice of your service in the shadows. And He will be faithful unto you more than we're faithful unto Him. I'm glad I don't have to say tonight that God will only be as faithful to you as you are to Him. I'm glad He goes beyond our faithfulness. 
but He'll take care of you and He's taking notice and He's keeping record of all. When nobody else sees, when nobody else notices, when nobody else looks on, there's a God in heaven who's noticing all your service in the shadows that nobody else is seeing, that nobody else can see. There's a God in heaven who's seeing it all. And so I feel tonight I'm done. And I feel tonight that it's been my lot, my portion to encourage those of you who feel as though that you're serving in the shadows to be faithful. To keep going, to keep pressing on, to keep doing what you're doing, to be faithful, to follow, fulfill the responsibility. You mamas come, correct your children, care for the home, do what needs to be done and God will see to it that whether or not you ever get a reward down here, there'll be a reward and a recognition for you one day after a while. So be faithful to your service in the shadows. Father, I thank You.